guys, welcome back to the Brooklyn Beat Podcast. As always, this is Justin. With me is Nick. Um, it's been a while. Um, yeah. listen, we we we've had shit to do. We're, we've been busy. I mean, it is what it is. I'm, right? a, I'm a busy, busy man. The fuck do you want from us? All right. All right. So Nick and I are going to recap the 2019 season, the NFL season, if you will. 2018, actually. Sorry. Don't do that. I fucked that. That's on me. I, that's, I fucked <laughs> up. Um. So. I think first and foremost, um, who do you think is the biggest surprise in the league this year from a team standpoint? Uh, from a team standpoint, I mean, I, I, at the very least, what do you mean? Just positive, negatively, or just in general? Just in general. I think I think the Colts being in the playoffs is pretty crazy. Uh, not only because of the way they started. Um, coming into the season, they had so many question marks about Andrew Luck. I, I didn't really have that. I'm pretty sure that was well documented. I thought he was going to be awesome because uh, he is. But a lot of people thought, you know, is he ever going to come back to the person that he was, the player that he was? The team's really not overly talented. They have the whole McDaniels fiasco in the offseason and this and that. So I, I feel like a lot of teams, uh, you know, a lot of people thought that they were going to be, you know, one of the bottom tier teams in the league. You know, like maybe not 2-14 and 14 bad, but, you know, probably like a 4, 5, 6 win team. And they started off pretty bad, too. I think they yeah, they were 1-5 like to start. 1-5, right? They were 1-5, and, and then they only won 9 of the last 10 games. And they beat some pretty good teams in that stretch, too. Uh, they broke Houston's winning streak. Broke Houston's winning streak. They beat the Cowboys when they were uh, – I think the Cowboys were on a winning streak when they beat them, too. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, yeah. Um, they so, shut them out, too. Yeah, they beat them down pretty bad, too. So, uh, you know, the Colts have been really impressive this year. And, you know, they're led by, of course, uh, Andrew Luck, who's awesome no matter what other people try to tell you. He's better than Cam Newton, to say the least. <laughs> uh, he is. Uh, Cam Newton's good, too, but uh, Andrew Luck is a uh, superior player, in my opinion. Yeah. He's he's not going to win it, but he has a legitimate case for MVP, given – Hey, listen, um, I, I, t- I told you a month ago, I said, when we were like, what were they, 6-6, six and six, something like that? Or I said, I go, if if the Colts make the playoffs with that – they have the they have the smallest payroll in the league. They literally are the cheapest team in the league. Not in terms of spending, but – in terms of their cost of the team, they have the cheapest team in the league. They're playing with a bunch of rookies. They have a bunch of rookies who made a lot, you know, big impacts. Darius Leonard, Quentin Nelson. Uh, realistically, uh, they're both probably, def- you know, rookie of the year candidates. Nelson's locked, like, like, I get it, but Leonard's got a great case for it, you know, and uh, they got a lot of contributions from a lot of places, but ultimately, you know, Andrew Luck, uh, you know, Marlon Mack had a good second half. He, was, he did, yeah, you know, he got no, healthy. Yeah, but let's think of the, the whole first half, you know, he wasn't good, and, you know, they were one and five, but you know, they managed to stay afloat and stuff like that. And, you know, he's, they, they, I think they have two starting rookies on the offensive line. And, you know, the defense was supposed to be under construction. It still is, you know, but they've been, um, they've they been, made some leaps and bounds this year. Yeah, they did. But, you know, they're definitely ahead of the curve. And, you know, not for nothing. They're not a monster. They're not, not yet. But not for nothing, you know, you look at them and you think to yourself, all right, what's their, you know, what's their standing going forward? They're a ten and six team with minimal talent and enormous cap space. They still have all their picks, obviously, you know. So they have the picks, they have the cap space. You know, they have something like one hundred twenty million dollars of cap space. Think about the guys that they can go out and get. You just have to only spend for a couple of guys. Who cares? Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. That'd be uh, that'd be that'd be primal for me. <laughs> um. So they play Houston in the first round of the playoffs, and they've actually beat Houston in Houston on the seventy ninth. Yeah. Uh, do you think they can repeat that? I think they can, yeah. Um, we see this a lot with teams going to the playoffs. It's not necessarily uh, the best teams that win. It's generally the hottest teams. Uh, you know, we saw that with the Giants. We saw that with Baltimore, a couple other teams, uh, especially wildcard teams, you know, or teams that 
when I say wild card team, that generally means teams that are playing uh, all three weeks of the playoffs. Not, not, not necessarily, necessarily the people that Just because, like, I feel like that layoff, a lot of times it could do good. Like, I think it's going to do good for the Rams because they basically get, like, a whole month off for a girlie to be healthy. But sometimes it definitely works against teams, too. And, and teams, you know, having a hard-fought win in the first round and going into somebody else's house, you know, with that kind of, you know, momentum definitely works in their favor. So the Colts have won nine of the last 10 games. Let's say they go on the road and beat Houston. They're going to have won 10 of the last 11 games. That's a really, really hot team. And, you know, uh, they're not, you know, overly talented, but they listen, they play hard. You know, they have one elite, elite player. And so when that elite player is at quarterback, you know, good things can happen. So I can definitely see the Colts win this week. Uh, I don't know if they will. I, I do think Houston's a better team overall. But uh, I could, I, yeah, I could see the Colts pulling one, especially it's a divisional game too. Uh, you know, those you kind of have to throw it out the window a little bit because you know division teams they know each other so well that they're always gonna play each other tough. Yeah. Um, from a player perspective, who is the most surprising player to you? Hmm. You know what? I don't. I, I guess Pat Mahomes. Right. That's, not, I can't think of anybody else either. Yeah, not necessarily because. He was good, and I thought he wasn't going to be. I, I, I kind of like him too, but I, I thought that he's how good he was. Right, like I, I didn't think he was going to be the best quarterback in the NFL, literally from year one of you know his starting year, basically because he only played you know week seventeen last year. Uh, I, I definitely thought he had a ton of tools, and listen, not for nothing, you know, Andy Reid definitely has his flaws as a head coach, but he does all, he does great work with quarterbacks. He always has. He really does. You know, uh, and he's done great work with quarterbacks who are not nearly as talented as Pat Mahomes is. So I guess if you really think AJ about Feely. it, AJ Feely, I mean, he won games with Mike McMahon. Um, you know, how, how, many, how many teams in the league lose their quarterback and still make runs other than the Eagles, apparently? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, Jeff Garcia, they made the playoffs with McNabb went down and stuff, too, you know. So you made Vic a viable player again? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Vic was viable before he got caught. I guess that was more of a. Uh, prison thing, you know. But yeah, he's still uh, the league for two and a half years though. Right, yeah, yeah. So um but you know, Reed does great work with quarterbacks as it is. I guess you get kind of that kind of ball of clay, you know, there's a lot to work with there. But listen, at the same time, Kansas City has a lot of weapons, you know, uh, I think I think Hill is finally being seen as, you know, the wide receiver that he is, you know, like he's not just a gadget guy even though the, the funny thing is about Hill is that they still use him in gadget ways. Yeah. But they just also use him in every other way that they can, too, which is smart. You get the ball in the hands of the playmaker, you know. And they have, to me, the best side out of football right now. Yeah, Kelsey. Kelsey. Uh, Sammy Watkins been banged up. But I feel like, listen, as a number two, he's a really, really, really good number two when he's on the field, which is not often. You know, they had Kareem Hunt for a while. And, you know, uh, but he went to the last time. They showed he was replaceable. I mean, yeah. Looking, I mean, uh, what Damian Williams has done in his absence. Yeah, and and even Spencer Ware put up some numbers before he went down too. I I remember yeah. seeing a stat a couple of years ago. It was fantasy related, but something like uh, starting running backs for Andy Reid averaged like eighteen points a game or something like that, <laughs> which is crazy if you think about it. Because like how many teams, how many times do you see running backs can't you know they slumping to get to ten points a game? This guy's whoever running back he has is averaging eighteen. So, uh, but yeah, I'd say Mahomes only because because he's so far ahead of the curve in comparison to what I think a lot of people expected him out of this year. I figured, you know, developmental year, probably, you know, above average year kind of thing. But, man, he's blowing up. Yeah, he, uh, he really took it by the reins. Yeah. Um, most disappointing team. Most disappointing team. Um, I would probably argue 
I think it's a toss up between two NFC North teams. Probably argue between the Vikings and the Packers, but I would probably give the advantage to the Vikings solely because they were a game away from the NFC Championship last year with Case Keenum. Kirk Cousins, I'm not the biggest fan of Kirk Cousins, uh, but I think Kirk Cousins is an above average quarterback. So, and that I think line stinks now. Yeah, it does. But you know what, though? It's not much worse than it was last year, if at all. You know, it's not like that to me. That, that wasn't the reason. Like, that, that's the only reason. Because, listen, not only that, they also added Sheldon Richardson to an offensive, already deep defensive line. That should have made them better in theory. You know, the secondary is still intact for the most part. You know, they just, you know, they came in with, listen, they went out and paid Kirk Cousins because they thought Kirk Cousins could win the Super Bowl. That was the only reason they paid him that much money. They didn't pay him that much money to get him back to the NFC Championship game. They paid him that money to take the next step. If you go to the NFC Championship But they forgot game, that he's never won a big game in his life. It's crazy, right? It really has. It's funny. I, I don't know <laughs> if I made this joke to you the other day. I said, you know, he, he really, really struggled with um, the Eagles when he played in uh, the NFC East. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that uh, he, he left the division and he's still managing to uh, help the Eagles. Um, what about most disappointing player? Most disappointing player. That's tough. Um, right. I, all right. So are we talking, all right, let me ask you, are we talking rookies or just anybody? I think just anybody. Oof. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want, I'll say this. I'm surprised Gronk's cliff came that quick. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I think the injuries really took their toll on him finally. Yeah, but you know what? Though? I thought he had a little more left in the tank than what he showed us because he, he literally looks like he's carrying a fridge around on his back every time he runs up and down the field. Like it's crazy. Like he yeah. even in even in his good games this year, he didn't look anywhere. And not like listen, Father Time's undefeated, and not only that, but he definitely catches a few quicker when you're injured and banged up and always battling injuries, which he always has. Um, but man, I, I thought we'd have like a cool down period between him going from oh he's really really good and it's like wow he's barely like like I had him in fantasy this year and I had Kittle I don't think I played Gronk the last three months like yeah I, you know like and I remember at one point I was asking him like what do you think you know you can't bench Gronk and I bench him anyway I'm like yeah you can like he's not what he used to be you know like he really isn't yeah it's crazy I mean I, I know that it was injuries you know but the problem is is that I don't think next year he's gonna get better if this is what he is now you know like i don't know if he's been injured all year I, that you know that i wouldn't know but man he's looked like a total shell of himself he really another, has. another person to say his appointment but i don't really blame him for it was david johnson i i, I feel like that, that's definitely a lot more to do with settings how terrible the uh yeah like he's literally surrounded by or the uh, cardinals well the jack was pretty terrible too so you weren't um but like i feel like he's just surrounded by just you know, a rookie quarterback who has, you know, no help around him, no offensive line, the weapons aren't good. I don't know. I just – I feel that's more about circumstance. Like, I feel if you take David Johnson and put him in a, in a better situation, he puts up better numbers. I feel like you take Gronk out of New England, which not for nothing, I, how many better situations are there than New England anyway? But yeah. if you take, take Gronk out of there, he's not going to do anything anywhere else. He can't even move. Um, so, a lot of people are saying Jalen Ramsey wasn't that good this year. So, I'm actually pulling up the stats right now. This is the stats from 2017 when he was uh, targeted in coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, 47 receptions allowed on 92 targets. That's 51.1%. 586 yards. 
uh, 12.5 yards per catch, um, three touchdowns, four interceptions allowed. Uh, this year? Go ahead. 53 catches on 97 targets. That's 54.6. 749 yards, 14.1 uh, average. Two touchdowns allowed, three picks. Um, and a lot of people are going off like he like fell off a cliff of production. He really hasn't. He has a lot more yards, but no. I, listen, he he was better in 2017 than 2018. I think that's a he was fair assessment to say. But some people are really really reaching. I, I mean, listen, you know what the part of it is though when you come out in, in in August and you come out with that article like that, basically saying he talk about that shit. Yeah, yeah. Said, oh, every quarterback sucks, and your quarterback's Blake Bortles, and you act like you know, <laughs> like you come out and say that. You, you know they're gonna put a target on your back. Not so much the quarterbacks that you're playing against, I don't think they care that much, honestly. But um, I think fans in general just kind of follow them and, like, everything that you do gets, you know, magnified. So you give a touchdown, more people are going to know about it because you talk smack about so-and-so, whatever the case is. So, I mean, yeah, you know, I didn't watch the Jaguars a ton. I don't think anybody wanted to. Um, But, you know, when I watched him, he looked more or less the same. You know, he's probably a little more prone to giving up some big plays here and there. Other than that, I didn't really get the feeling that he was, you know, getting rinsed out in coverage, you know, on a, on a weekly basis. I think he was still a tough matchup. And for the most part, I mean, at the very least, of the, like the first half of the season, the Jaguars were still kind of tough to throw the ball on. Their problems were more along the lines of, you know, um, their offense was just a disaster, like complete disaster. Yeah. And the defense wasn't as dominant as it was last year. So, you know, you do. Well, they couldn't the field either because the offense can, uh, you know, you, you, your defense takes a step back. Your offense goes even further back than where they were, which wasn't very far as it was. You know, you're going to be a bad team. That's just, that's just how it's going to work. Um, I think I actually did lose a little bit of respect for him also, uh, mainly because of the whole situation where he flopped on uh, Taylor Lewin. Oh, yeah. And Lewin busts out the, uh, the violin on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was like pretty funny, though. I don't know. For some reason, Lewin likes to get into a lot of fights with defensive backs. He does. In yeah, his, he touched him over a week later. In, in, in his defense, though, uh, defensive backs can get pretty mouthy. They can. They can. Um, so let's do our awards. So usually I write this article up. Uh, I'm probably going to write it again also. Just, you know, we need clicks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please visit our website, everybody, uh, brooklynbeat.nyc. Um, usually you have a third person voted on this also, so there's no ties, but – um, I just, I also have a chance to reach out to, to Jason. I'm assuming he's probably busy anyway, uh, doing the cross exercises or some, sh- some shit like that. Who who, who knows? Uh, uh, definitely. Anyway. I think he's sick. He could be. You know, it's it's probably the fucking orbs on his TV stand. <laughs> All those damn picture frames of himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So we do. The regular awards, we also have our own awards named after players for their unique moments. So when it comes to those awards, I will tell you why we named the, that award after that player. Um, so let's start with the MVP. Um, our midseason peak was Todd Gurley. Um, uh, mine's not Todd Gurley anymore. Uh, I have Mine either, yeah. yeah I have uh, Pat Mahomes there. I'm probably, I, I would vote Mahomes also. Um, I think Luck definitely deserves an honorable mention. Yeah, but, I, I, okay, so... Just sorry, I guess for clarification purposes, I'm saying who I think is actually going to get the award. Um, I, I probably would give it to Mahomes only because, in addition to having a really good year, it's pretty historic too. But I, I think Luck absolutely has an argument for MVP there. So um, I, I'll give it to Mahomes just because you know when you factor in the you know 
how good his season was historically too. I feel like it's hard to go against him. Absolutely. Um, plus, there's like there's no look passes, there's left handed passes. I, I thought I was watching the NBA game for. Uh, yeah, it's actually, it's actually it's pretty impressive. Yeah, he has a little pizzazz to the uh, quarterback position. Yeah. yeah. Um, offensive player of the year. So we actually had Mahomes as the midseason pick for this one. Yeah, I think it's going to stay there too. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's always funny to me that how like if if you if you're if you're good enough to win the MVP, what are the chances that you're not going to be good enough to win the whatever side of the bowl that you play on? You know, generally it's offense. But if you're good enough to win the MVP, what are the chances that you're not also going to be the best offensive player of the year? You know what I'm saying? Well, I think like, the reason I think they usually don't vote the same guy for that reason, so the same person's not winning both awards. Right, I I know, but like to me, like I think about it, I think like what what's the, what are the chances that, you know, like what are the chances that that you were the best player in the in, in the NFL on your side of the ball on your side of the ball, and you weren't the best offensive player. You know what I'm saying? Like I I, I like to me, the only time you can end up with something like that is if somebody has some type of historic year for I think uh, like the AP Manning season. Yeah, or what was it? Uh, Chris Johnson, your boy. Uh, didn't oh. he win offensive player of the year that year? He did. I'm actually yeah. looking at his autographed helmet that I have of him right now. Oh, do you? Uh, yeah, he won offensive player of the year. I'm pretty sure that was Peyton, one of Peyton Man's MVP. It was number three. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, like, um, that, I guess scenario, I get it. I don't know. Defense player of the year, Aaron Donald. Uh, that's it. There's not even an argument. It's Aaron yeah, Donald. Yeah, I don't know. He's not even embellished further. It's not. All right. Next. Um, I will say though, um, if you look at our uh, pass rush grades, mm-hmm. I haven't updated the sheet yet, but I think he actually set the record for the second highest uh, pressure score of all time. Behind Watt, um, right? Twenty fourteen. So Watt was number one and number two. Watt had two hundred five in twenty fourteen and like one sixty five the year before, and I want to say Donald is at like one sixty eight. Okay, Jeez. which is insane. Um, yeah. I'll have I'll the sheets updated tomorrow, and I can. Uh, he, I, I'm pretty sure. You know, week seventeen. Uh, listen, I love Aaron Donald, but I want—I obviously want Mike Train to hold that record for as long as he can. Um, he think he had ten pressures in the first half against the 49ers. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, like, yeah, if you get ten pressures, that means you have to have at least obviously ten, 10 passes. They must have had how many how many pass attempts could they possibly have had in the first half? Twenty, maybe. Well, so every play, yeah, you know, that means every other play he's getting a pressure, and it's like, yeah, you know, anybody want to block this guy, like. And they can't. That's uh, that's they're not trying. They just can't. Let's uh. Let me actually look at the stats right now. Give me one second. Um. Here are the Rams. Aaron Donald. Uh, week seventeen only. He had. Oh, whoops. Uh... Sorry, this is bad radio, guys. Give me one more second. <laughs> Too much dead air. In other news, uh, me and you have made a triumphant return somewhere along the way. Where, oh, yeah. Uh, a, uh, LDT. LDT. Uh, happy to be back. I think other people are happy to have us back. Some people, not all people. I mean, some people are so happy they actually unblocked us. They can see us again. <laughs> all right, I, Aaron I, I love their happiness. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. For the game, had one sack, two hits, and three hurries. So that's uh, six pressures total. Um, and I think uh, I don't think he even played much in the second half, did he? They were up big. Wait, you said he had how many? Six total pressures. That's it. I could have sworn I read it. He had ten. This is what I'm getting from uh, PFF. Oh, I'm assuming that's where they got it from too. So I'm going to miscalculate it. So uh, wait, I can actually I mean, do these pressures right now. So. 
three, four, five, six, seven. He has a pressure score of 10 for the game, um, which puts him all time for the season alone. Yeah, that's, that's what Roto World says. He had 10 QB pressures. Let's check it again. All right. He'd, all I was right. right. He had 168 of the dot. Wow. That's a lot. So, the second highest of all time. It's his second straight year leading the league. He's had what he was doing play of the year last, last year, too. Yeah, right. I think he was. Yeah. Like um, Obama's two terms. They went back to back. Like uh, Drake. Um, yeah, he was defensive player of the year last year, also. And honestly, right, he, he, the... he probably he probably should have won the year before, too, instead of uh, Khalil Mack. But anyway, I don't know, whatever you know. Anyway, go on. Offensive rookie of the year. Um, I think it's Saquon. I don't think there's. I, you know work. what? I'll, I'll say Saquon, but um, I think Mayfield made a pretty strong case for it, too. I, I think he had a really good year. Um, I think him and Quentin Nelson also. Yeah. I, Nelson, I feel like just would never get it because he's an offensive lineman. Uh, exactly. Definitely yeah. played good enough to, you know, get it. But um, uh, I, I, I would pick Barkley just because, I mean, Barkley had, what do you have, 2,000 yards, uh, 15 touchdowns. And yeah. I think this part was crazy. He broke the uh, rookie uh, running back receiving record. But I think this part was crazy. Was um, he didn't fumble the ball once? Yeah, he did. And, didn't and he? Not only that, I'm I'm pretty sure he didn't have a lost fumble all year. I don't think he fumbled the ball all year. In terms of even putting it on the ground, I'm pretty sure that's correct. I, I'd have to double check that. But listen, I mean, look, I think everybody knows at this point where I stood on the, you know, second giant, second overall pick. I never questioned his ability. I still don't. He's a fantastic player. Yeah, but um, I think positional value. Positional value, and then you look at this year's draft. No fumbles. No fumbles, right? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at this year's draft, and you think to yourself, well, you know, you're not get to, you're probably not going to end up with a quarterback this year either. So now you're looking at what three years now, basically. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I would probably go with uh, Barkley over Mayfield in a closer vote than I think people expected uh, two months ago. Um, I think I think Cleveland finally found their quarterback. That's yeah, I, I twenty fucking so. years of searching. <laughs> yeah, it took long enough. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't think it was a secret that I wasn't the biggest guy on Mayfield either. I, I wasn't either. Yeah, yeah but listen, but my knock on him was never. I, I thought he could play in the league. I don't think he liked talent. I just I worry about his personality long term. And you know what? After a year, I don't think that um, anything's happened for me to think differently. You know, like, yeah. the whole Hugh Jackson thing. Like, everybody's saying, like, oh, who cares with this or that. That's the face of your franchise. You don't, you don't need stuff like that. Like, you just – there's so many distractions in the NFL. There's so many things. Like, you know, as a Giants fan, you know, I, I love the fact that we have Eli Manning who literally never gave anybody a headline worth even mentioning. You know, like, that's awesome. That's exactly what you want. And then you have guys like, you know, like Big Ben. Big Ben was in the news all the time for, you know, when he started, like, for the wrong reason. Throwing footballs at receiver, for, yeah, receivers. You know, like, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, but I just, listen, you know, people say, like, I'm old school, which I don't really consider myself that way. But um, in terms of face the franchise guys, I, I don't want those guys making noise. I'd rather those guys be quiet, just, you know, go about your business. I think everybody just else. Your, just go out and get your endorsement check, man. That's all you got to do. Yeah, that's it. You know, like, and listen, honestly, Mayfield's a good player. He's talented. I, Never questions talent. He's a lot better than I expected him to be for uh, the NFL. Yeah, I, you know what it is. I, I think if he was taken 10, 15 years ago, I don't think he'd be as he'd, he'd be as successful. The yeah. NFL is different now. Uh, the one thing, uh, the other thing I didn't like about him, and I think uh, the last throw we saw of him this year, kind was of pick. was yeah, it was a pick. But no, no. The reason I didn't like about him is that I don't love his height. I don't love short quarterbacks. 
I understand it works for Breeze. I understand it works for Wilson. Those guys are two anomalies. You know, they're not a lot of guys like that. And you know what? I think if Mayfield was 6'5", he doesn't make that throw. You know, we're, we're height supremacists. Yeah, we're, we're height supremacists, despite me being uh, way shorter than Baker Mayfield. But like, um, what was it? Uh, like Johnny Menzel is another example, or RG3, or even Vic. Those guys who are smaller, and they're also guys who, um, who are mobile as well. Right, yeah. You get hit in the NFL when you're out in the open field, you don't slide in time. Like, that's – Yeah. It's going to hurt. No, man. no, it's true. But, like, that's the thing, the, the height thing, you know, it, it was – listen, when you're trying to figure out who you want to take for, for your quarterback, like, you're going to overanalyze everything. You know, like – and it doesn't even mean that I'm right about anything. But, you know, the fact that he's six foot – what is it, six one maybe, six foot or whatever he is. He, no, he measured exactly like six foot, like a quarter. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't love that. Like – like, I, I really feel like if he was 6'3", you know, that, that interception doesn't happen. Because I don't think he's – I honestly don't think he saw C.J. Most. Like, you, you know that meme? It's, uh, it's like a girl who's like, when his height starts with the number five. Right, right, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's an NFL quarterback, that's, you know? that's Yeah, except the, the, it's not, the six foot's not the cutoff. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like 6'2", six, like six, 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 at least. I'd say, yeah, like 6'2". I prefer 6'3", but I think Aaron Rodgers is 6'2". I think you're right. Yeah, I can live with that. I can live with Aaron Rodgers. Um, defensive Rookie of the Year. So our midseason award was Derwin James, and uh, Denzel Ward got the other vote. But I think it's uh, I think it's Darius Leonard now. Yeah, Derwin James is awesome. Uh, I'm actually I don't consider myself a Florida State fan, but I do kind of like Florida State. Um, Derwin James is awesome, and I was actually really surprised that he dropped out to the Chargers. Uh, I thought he was a you know top fifteen kind of guy, and I think he went to a great spot because they're already a really good defense. So he kind of yeah. just stepped right in and just you know he had a lot of talent around him. And, and performed, and I think Derwin James is a very worthy candidate. But uh, I think there's a lot of worthy candidates for defensive side. Yeah, there is. I, even though like, I didn't, we didn't mention yeah, but Leighton Van Der Esch was really, really good for Dallas, and and honestly, I think he's made Sean Lee expendable. I don't expect Sean Lee to be there absolutely sure at this point. Um, I actually have him as a cut candidate. On, on yeah, my, I mean, uh, listen, he's making a lot of money, and listen, I think they benched him. Uh, what was it week sixteen or week fifteen? I think he, so. he basically got benched. He's not even injured, so I think. Leighton Van Der Esch is going to allow the Cowboys to move on from Sean Lee, save some money. You know, Sean Lee's a good player. He's just, you know. He's like, always hurt. He's like Bob Sanders. Like, uh, like Joey says, he goes, if Sean Lee's so good at football, why doesn't he play? <laughs> uh, shout out to Joey, front of the program. Um, Where's Anthony? Uh, I don't know who that is. So, um, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, like, you know, Van Der Esch is awesome, too. And, uh yeah, there's a lot of candidates, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'd, I'd go with Darius Leonard. I, I think he did the most on a defense that doesn't have as much talent around him. Uh, and he did the most from him. Yeah, and, and they got the most from him, you know. And, uh, yeah, I think Darius Leonard is really, really good. Uh, I think he's the kind of linebacker that, you know, you need to see more and more sprouting up. You know, in this new NFL where it's, you know, you don't need guys to be 250 pounds to be linebackers anymore. Um, he's, he's, really, he's had a really, really good season. He even had a great week 17 to help him get to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, that that would be my pick. I think he deserves to be it. Uh, most improved players. So this is actually a three-way tie um, with Mitchell Trubisky, Adrian Peterson, and George Kittle. Um, I think it's Kittle. At oh this yeah. Point now. Oh yeah. Pride of Iowa. The pride. Oh, yeah. The pride of Iowa. The pride of Tanner Snow. Um, um, the, set the rookie tight end receiving record or rookie tight end receiving record. Um, with a shit show at quarterback, I mean, he had Garoppolo, then he had uh, C.J. Beathard, then he had Mullins. Yeah, he's he's, and, he's awesome. 
And it's not even that. He's he's a stealth blocker too. It's not just uh, yeah. He's, he's a good player, man. Uh, yeah, he's a good player altogether. Just, uh, it's, that's the only way to put it. He's listen. Uh, you know, I, I've been a big uh, Travis Kelsey fan for a few years, and I always said that he's been. You know, he was nipping at Gronk's heels the last few years, and I kind of felt like he pulled even with him at some point, la- like last year. So I, I felt like this is the year Kelsey was going to you know pull away. And I think he did pull away from Gronk, but I think Kittle kind of overlooked that. And yeah, Kittle, listen, I would say Kelsey over Kittle, but you could absolutely argue Kittle's the best tight end in football. I wouldn't, I couldn't get mad about that. He's he's awesome this year. He's good. Uh, least valuable player. So Nathan Peterman got two of the votes last uh, in the midseason, and Marcus Peters got the third vote. Um, I don't understand Peter, how Peterman got a job again. I mean, listen, he, he wanted a midseason because he was still on the team. At this point, he's not with the team anymore. Um, so I guess if you want to not count that, I guess, but he's, Dan Peterman's awful. He's just awful. I don't know how that's that guy so bad. You know, this, this is one problem I have with the, with the NFL. Um, they keep doing the same, same stuff with, uh, retreats at quarterback and a head coach. And they do it over and over and over again. The same guys get jobs over and over and over again, despite proving consistently that they are not capable of doing these jobs. And no matter what, they keep getting jobs. Like Tom Savage. Tom Savage should never be on an NFL roster ever again. Ever. That guy should yeah. not be playing in the NFL. He's not an NFL caliber player, and that's it. And it's okay. Don't roll with it. Let him go on with his life. But people still want to bring him in because they feel like he has, I don't know, uh, you know, game experience. And that, like, I look at him, right? And then I think to myself, and this isn't a Colin Kaepernick thing because I'm not going that, that route. I don't, you know, it is, it is. <laughs> but, um, I mean, listen, I'm sure right off the bat, I'll tell you, Colin Kaepernick should be a quarterback over Tom Savage. Obviously, he's not for different reasons. But um, I look at something like Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is what? He was on draft a free agent? Yeah. And was he a rookie this year or last year? I think he was a rookie last year. Okay. That guy, he's never played an NFL snap. You, t- you mean to tell me that you think it's that? T- it, it, Tom Savage is so bad that he can absolutely get outplayed by undrafted fucking free agents, right? undrafted second-year free agents. Like, that is not that hard. I kind of hope that Mullins did enough to show people that you don't have to keep signing guys just because they played quarterback once five years ago in the NFL. You know, like, that's, that's not why they should keep getting jobs. You know, it's ridiculous to me. Like, if, if there was a guy who had started and had – like, okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick even before this year, I would tell you is a viable backup quarterback. He's a guy who's gone out in the NFL and has won games in the NFL, and he's melted down at times, and that's what keeps him from being a starting quarterback. But when you're looking for a backup quarterback, you're not looking for somebody who's going to be as good as your starter. So, you know, you have to have some realistic expectations. When you're looking for a backup quarterback, you're looking for a guy who can come in, light a spark, maybe win a game for you, maybe manage a game for you. That's, that's all you're looking for. That's it. You're not going to, you know, Aaron Rodgers goes down. You're not going to bring in Aaron Rodgers again. That's not how it works. But, like, I see Tom Savage play. Like, I, I can't remember the last time I watched him start. But did he start for the Bengals this year? No. Uh, Savage? Yeah. No, no, he didn't. I don't know who he started for this year. I, he, uh, I, what's his name? Driscoll did. I know and, Driscoll uh, did, but I don't know if Dalton. I, whatever. I think he was with the Bengals for a while, whatever it was. But, like, he's just awful. Like, so bad. And I look at Nick Mullins, who, you know, in theory – Savage should be better than him, right? Because he's he's a veteran. Nick Mullins is so much better than him. It's embarrassing. But they got they got to stop with that, and they got to stop with these 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 coaches. Like they just keep coaches just because it's like it, it, it's like a good old boys club. Like you know it, it, you know it's the same guys over and over again. The, the same 
Like, oh, you know, like, all right, he wasn't good in four different places, but he's coached in four different places. So let's hire him anyway. That's the same nonsense. To the same position, yeah, I get that. If they're hiring him to be like a positional coach, though, I'm not. I mean, yeah, whatever, that's fine. But like, I'm talking about like this coach get like the same, the same coaches get job opportunities here and there with, you know, mixed success or no success. Like, like if Hugh Jackson gets hired again, uh, I, that, I don't know. That one's a little tough, only because I don't think Hugh Jackson's the greatest coach or anything. But if you're only gonna judge him based on what he did in Cleveland. And a lot of guys should have never been hired again. Like, listen, Cleveland's been a black hole for 10 years. You know, like, uh, it's tough. Listen, I, I, I wouldn't be against giving Hugh Jackson a, uh offensive coordinator job somewhere in the near future. And if he produces again, which, you know, I think – I wouldn't be against giving him a third opportunity depending on where. Um, I wouldn't give him one now. Uh, I would definitely want to see him do some, you know – O-line work first, uh, offensive, you know, offensive coordinator work first. But, uh, you know, but in, in general, though, like, you get what I mean, though, in the sense of, like, yeah. it's the same guys over and over again, the same nonsense. Like, even, um, what was it? Denver. Denver wants, uh, I think Denver's interested in a Shanahan reunion. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, is he a little old? Why don't you, why don't you try and get something younger? Same like, like Gruden go back to Oakland. Like, why? Yeah, like, I, I feel like that was total nostalgia. They're selling tickets for that last season. And, uh, I don't even know where they're playing next year. They play in San Antonio for a year. They don't know yet, right? They really don't, yeah. There's no idea. They're talking about going to San Diego. Could you imagine playing in San Diego with all the Charger fans still there? What Charger fans? Yeah, the, the like four or five. That still exist. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, all right, so this next award is called the Brock Osweiler Award. Um it's awarded. It's named after Brock Osweiler. We actually gave the name to him when we gave him the award the first year that uh, he was so bad. He, he earned the name. The worst free agency signing of the year. Um, our midseason pick was Sam Bradford, and I can't see it being anybody else but him. I mean, the dude was cut five weeks after uh, being on the inactive roster. Um, I think he got like what thirty million dollars for uh, so like three that. games. I, you know, it's funny. Um, yeah. He... He's another guy. Stop giving him jobs. Stop paying him money, man. Like he's like one of the highest paid quarterbacks of all time, know, and he's always hurt. Like you know, you know what's funny? I, I just thought about this. The greatest thing that ever happened to Sam Bradford is his continuing to be injured. Because everybody thinks that they're going to get him finally healthy and recapture the magic that made him the first round pick, the first overall pick. That's exactly what happens. The fact that he doesn't stay healthy enough to crash and burn on his own is why. He continues to get job after job after job. It's it's insane. It's it, it, he's the only player in, in 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 sports history who's ever benefited from being injury prone. <laughs> I personally hope the Jaguars sign him this offseason. Why? Tennessee fan. Oh, that makes <laughs> sense. I don't know. What All the right. Want to do. Anyway, go ahead. Um, I I personally think the Jaguars should sign a. Um, a veteran quarterback. I think they have the pieces in place to uh, be competitive now. I mean, who you think? Like Nick Foles, I guess, you can go after. Big Dick Nick. Um, I, I think people think he's a lot better than he really is, but Teddy Bridgewater is another guy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a Bridgewater fan. I, it, it, it's, he's, he's one. I, you know what? I don't know what it is about Vikings quarterbacks. He's another guy. He got hurt, and people absolutely thought he was better than he was, and they still do. 
and they always will until he actually gets a full time job and stays healthy enough to actually prove that. You know, he is. Listen, when even at his best in Minnesota, he was a game manager. Like he wasn't. People forget that he threw fourteen touchdowns and twelve picks. Yeah, he like, made the Pro Bowl. So people are going crazy over him. I know. Like, and you look at that now. You think like, imagine somebody throwing fourteen touchdowns for the, over the course of a season, and you're thinking like, yeah, he had a great year. Like, you know, he threw a touchdown a game. Pat Mahomes just threw fifty. All right, so this next award is the Albert Hainsworth Award. So if you guys remember in 2006 – oh, hey, Bobby. Um, our dog just popped in to see what's going on here. <laughs> Come on in. Um, so in 2006 – Come on uh, in. Grab a mic. Titans-Cowboys game. Uh, Albert Hainsworth got really, really mad at Andre Garrod and decided it was the mature and adult thing to do is to stomp on Garrod's head with the helmet on, luckily. He had watched so, the movie Stomp the night before. That's really probably what it was. Yeah. Um, so this is the award given to the dirtiest play of the year. And uh, we gave it to uh, Falcon safety DeMonte Kazee earlier in the year for, like, pin missile sliding headfirst into Cam Newton as he was uh, sliding down. Um, I can't think of another, another worthy candidate. I, you know, you know, I was going to say, does it actually have to be on the, during the game football field or just on the field? Because Antonio Brown slinging t- uh, footballs at Big Ben – uh, right before her week seventeen game might actually qualify. He was trying to get him in shape. I mean, he was just being, you know, very a good teammate. That's all it was. I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the, the Z thing was bad, but I don't know what Antonio Brown's doing. It's a good thing Mike Tomlin has a good hold that locker room. <laughs> He's got a great hold that locker room. Iron right. grip. Um, the Tommy Maddox Award. So for you young whippersnappers who didn't watch <laughs> football in like two thousand three. Tommy Maddox is a XFL legend. He is the only winner of the league's MVP award. And when the league folded, he went to the Steelers and somehow, some fucking way, got into the starting job of, I think, the bench Cordell Stewart and led him to the playoffs. Slash. Um, and, and then sucked the next year. That's what caused the, the Steelers to draft Ben Roethlisberger. And then he started the first game. He got benched. Roethlisberger took over for the remaining 15 games. Steelers went 15 and one. The rest is history. So, this is your one hit wonder award. So, our midseason pick was D Ford. Um, are you playing the drums? I am not. <laughs> um, our midseason pick is D Ford. Um, Ford had a phenomenal year, and Ford happened to suddenly become a good football player in his contract year, which is why I'm skeptical about him. Repeating the success, uh, so my pick stands. Uh, what about you? Uh, you know, I, I would say 4-2 only because I can't really think of a a better candidate, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, what, what did you, how many, how many uh, sacks did you end with? Uh, let's find out. Um... Yeah, 13. 13? Yeah, 13 sacks for a guy who's... He's had 10 sacks once in his career before that, and then other than that, never had more than four. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if, you, if you're going to call uh, 2016 and 2018 both one, one year one, one on Thunder Wonders, I guess you'd call it. But I mean, I don't, I don't think he'll ever flirt with 13 sacks again. So, I mean, in that sense, yeah, it's kind of like the Lorenzo Alexander uh, of, uh, was it, three years ago. Although, he's actually been okay. Um, he hasn't been terrible. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd go with D4. I couldn't really think of anybody else. Um, Let's but, see what his uh, his precious words for the year. Because uh, he was high up there all season. Um, before week 17, his pressure score was 
121, which is third in the league. And he ended the year with um, one second, one hurdy, uh, 126, which is, which is a solid number. I mean, yeah, 128 was enough to leave the league last he year. Actually, you know what I would tell you? I don't know if you want to count it for this year, but um, Case Keenum. Um, I think he actually won the award for us last year, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, he did. He won last uh, okay. year. All right. So, I mean, I mean, it wasn't awful this year, but it wasn't good. Um, the Dennis Green Award. So, for those of you who are also too young to know this, um, back in the day, the uh, Cardinals were in that game of a football team, and they were playing the Bears on, what, Monday night? Yep. 2006. And had, yeah, 2006. And had a meltdown, and the Bears came back and won the game. And during the post-game pro- uh, press conference, Dennis Green, who was the head coach of the, of the Cardinals at the time, went bonkers and kept screaming, they were who we thought they were. And we let them off the damn hook. We love the damn hook. So this is given to the biggest off-field meltdown. Uh, pick was Vontae Davis, who decided that the Bills were so fucking bad in the first half of the first game of the year that he retired at halftime. Yeah, I, I'm sticking with that one. Yeah, I am too. I mean, I, that's, <laughs> there's that's no it. better way to Honestly, I, I feel like you'd have to do a lot to be worse than that. Yeah. You'd retire like, in the middle of play. You know, he, he reminds me of... Um, I forgot what, what what the cutaway was when Family Guy went up. He just gets up and yells, "Done!" Yeah, done. Having to do the movie, he's like five minutes into the movie. Done. You know what's funny? The Bills actually weren't that awful, in, you know, in the second half of the year. It's because they have the greatest quarterback of all time, Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, the guy's tall, tall, looks good, good in shorts, shorts rocket arm, arm, big hands, him. big hands. Gotta love him. Gotta love him. You see that picture I put up on uh, in the sports chat, right? Uh, I think so. If him standing with next yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. PFT, PFT and, yeah. Big Cat? Yeah. All right, so our next award is the Kenyatta Walker Award. So for those of you who don't know, Kenyatta Walker was a former first-round draft pick by the Bucks at offensive tackle, and he fucking sucked. He was so afraid of Julius Peppers that he wouldn't – he had three straight false starts on the same drive while lying against Julius Peppers. So this is given to the biggest on-field meltdown. Uh, Rashad Jones was our initial winner with Michael Thomas also getting a vote. Um, I think they can be a better candidate. What do you have? Um, well, who are you thinking? I'm trying to think. Um, I think it would be Jalen Ramsey with the flop. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I just need to spell this entire play so everybody realizes this. Tennessee is up by 21 points. It's Thursday night football. They are on the goal line about the punching it again. And Derrick Henry is beating the crap out of Jacksonville to the point that he's not even going on the field. He's saying, like, let Deion Lewis score a touchdown. So Jacksonville stops. Deion Lewis is all a five foot seven, five foot eight on a good day. And Jalen Ramsey is flexing as if they're not down by 21 points. So Taylor Lewin, who is a very, very calm and like nice guy, goes up to him and says, Hey, like, you shouldn't be doing this. I don't know if you guys know or not, but you're down with 21 points. And Jalen Ramsey, who's a thug, was like, hey, fuck you. And goes at Taylor Lewin. And Lewin, you know, just stands still and doesn't even do anything. And all of a sudden, Ramsey just flops down to the ground like he's LeBron James. So Taylor turns around and just grabs his violin and just playing it right in front of him. He's uh, Jalen Ramsey's too much. you got to tone it down a little bit. He does. Yeah. He does. He's, he's a habitual line stepper is what he is. Habitual line stepper. That's true, actually. Uh, do you have anything anything better than that? Or no, nah, I mean that was pretty good. I, I feel like I'm miss I'm I'm thinking something, but I'm missing it. But I mean, 
I'm sure Vontae's perfect did something fucking horrible, and yeah, we should be the winner also. Yeah, we should just Vontae's perfect. For what? For <laughs> something. He he, his, pro- he probably did something. Yeah, his career's probably over, too. It might be over, actually. Yeah, he, uh, he wasn't like, good this year on the field, either. Even before the concussions. No. Nah. It'd be like this. All right. Uh, the Armchair Quarterback Award. So, this is uh, given to us by the fans who said, Hey, coach, you were stupid for doing this. Uh, Vance Joseph, who was promoted to customer recently in Denver, <laughs> Uh, won this award in midseason. Um, in that game against the Texans, when they were uh, on the Texas 44 yard line, it was fourth and nine. Houston had two timeouts left, and instead of punting to try and pin the Texans back, they went for a field goal and missed a 62 yarder. No, that wasn't Vance Joseph. Yeah, it was. Was it? Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know what I'm thinking of? I I'm thinking of Frank Reich against uh, the Texans, too. When he went, when, what did he do? When he went for it on fourth down from like his own forty. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think one of those were bad. It's, it's surprising. Like, I don't want to say Frank Reich not because he listen, he won nine of his last ten games against the playoffs. But uh, that was a really bad job. I don't know what he was thinking doing that. Um, I think when you play the Texans, you intentionally do stupid coaching things. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, well, the Houston or Tennessee went for it on fourth down when they could have taken the points instead. Oh yeah. All right. Um. Best draft pick. So we couldn't come to a, a good decision on this one. Um, and the problem is, that, like, I usually value guys who are picked in later rounds who are studs. Uh, Dante Jackson, Philip Lindsay, who wasn't even drafted, and Baker Mayfield were the winners in the midseason. Yeah. I mean, uh, what are you thinking right now? Mayfield's going to be a more valuable player for the Browns than Philip Lindsay is going to be for the Broncos. So by that measure, you got your franchise quarterback, you know, you made a good pick. Um, in terms of value, I mean, which which is kind of what we're thinking about here, like best draft pick. Like, listen, you have a, you have your pick of any player in the draft, and you take the first player, and in, in theory, he's the best player, and he's a good player. You kind of just, you know, did what you're supposed to do. You take a a Pro Bowl caliber running back. You made a Pro Bowl, right? Uh, Lindsay you know did, yeah. You take a Pro Bowl running back uh, as this undrafted free agent. It's not really a draft pick, but he's an undrafted free agent, so I'll count it. I'm gonna go with that one. And like the whole point, teams teams are good in the NFL or bad because they fail to find value or they found find great value. That's that's literally the purpose of everything. Like the, the margin of the the margin of error in the NFL is so small as it is that if you could find though that undrafted free agent who becomes a an all pro or whatever the case is, you you know like you find that that, that Chris Harris kind of guy, that James Harrison kind of guy, you know it's gonna make all the world a difference because the reality is that. Teams are going to hit or miss on draft picks all the time. They just are. It's always going to be the case. You know, I think the hit rate on first-round picks is something like 50% or something like that. And that goes for every team. Like, you know, not everybody's going to make great picks. There's some teams that made great picks, like uh, a couple years ago. One of my favorite drafts was um, Ozzie Newsom. I used to love a lot of Ozzie Newsom drafts. All the guys he took didn't pan out, you know. Uh, you know, we'll never forget Sergio Kendall. Um, uh. <laughs> but, uh, listen, not all the guys panned out, you know, but I, I still think he's a good drafter. The reality is, is that, you know, they find value in things like, uh, you know, late-round picks, six, seven-rounders who end up becoming starters who save you money at a position that you don't have to spend money on now because of it or whatever the case is. Because that's the thing, like, most teams don't win Super Bowls through free agency anyway. You know, like, most teams win Super Bowls between having a bunch of guys who are on cheap or low-level contracts or finding, you know, a diamond-in-the-rough kind of guy or whatever the case is who, you know, his career kind of blossoms somewhere else or whatever the case is, like, you know, that's where the value is at. You know, the value is not in the – listen, everybody should be taking first, their quarterbacks in the, in the top ten, you know, if you need a quarterback kind of thing. But other than that, you know, the point is to find value in, in draft picks that 
other teams won't find the same value. You know, so uh, I think Philip Lindsay at that point was the most valuable uh, acquisition through the draft. So that's that's all I'll phrase it. Um, the only player who made the Pro Bowl who was drafted after the first round is Michael Dixon, the punter for the Seahawks, and Lindsay, who was undrafted. That's crazy. Wow. Um, I can agree with Lindsay. I think another honorable mention is Darius Leonard, who fell in the first round. Yeah. Uh, who really should have been a Pro Bowler, and he wasn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the sake of agreement, I'll go with Lindsay on this one. Yeah. Um, worst draft pick. Uh, I have we, – we had Colton Miller in the midseason with Josh Allen getting the other vote. Um, not for nothing. I don't think bad players lead their team in rushing and passing. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue Josh Allen. Um, but Colton Miller is fucking garbage. Um, who said Josh Allen? Pino did. Ah, uh, Jason. Um, you know, you know why? Because he, he doesn't like the tall guys. Is what it is. Yeah, but you can't you can't hate it because you're not it. You can't hate um, us because you ain't us. Uh, Colt Miller gave up 16 sacks this year, eight me. hits on the quarterback, and 45 hurries, 69 pressures. Yeah. Nice. Yo, leave the guy alone, bro. He's doing his best. And he was penalized nine times. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was. Uh, I don't. I, he was. A, he was a. He was a big surprise in the first round for me. I like, I, and Gruden traded up for him too. What? Yeah. And Gruden traded up for him. Um. Yeah, that was. No, he traded up for him. Yeah. That was after trading down. Yeah, that was after trading uh, down. He um he traded down from ten. And then and he got traded um, back up to fifteen, right? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I don't. I want to say. You know, that was a bad move by Gruden, but I don't know of any good moves he made, so I, it's just a move by Gruden. Uh, best coach. Uh, Sean McMahon was our unanimous choice last year, last midseason. I think uh, he wins it for the second straight year. Who? Oh. Sean McVay. Um, I'm trying to think. I think Sean McVay was, was good this year, but I, I feel like he kind of met expectations this year, plus teams, he's got more talent on his team, too. Uh, I would argue um, either Frank Reich or Matt. I think Reich is or, a, definitely not a mention. You know, like him or, or Matt Nagy. I think one of those two guys, you know, both those teams took really big steps up. Um, I don't think teams thought – I don't think anybody thought those teams were going to be playoff teams. Like, I think everybody thought the Rams were going to be a, you know, a, a top two seed, top three seed. They were going to win the division kind of thing, you know. Um, so, I, I, I'd probably go uh, Matt Nagy just because he was – great all year. Like, I think Frank Reich took some, took some time to get his feet wet a little bit, had some boneheaded decisions, um, you know, and kind of figured it out. And I think coincided with his team getting healthy. But, uh, yeah, I, I would probably go with Matt Nagy, just consistent all year, you know, really good coach, uh, plays to their strengths, which, you know, often nothing people shouldn't take for granted. And, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, what, they won 12 games this year. Yeah, they did. Uh, I think, uh, I think we give a coordinator of the year award. I think I'll give it to uh, Vic Fangio. Fangio, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, I would too. He's, he's always been a really good defensive coordinator, quietly too. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to get a head coaching job maybe even this offseason. You know what? I, I think he'll, he'll get one if he wants one, but I'm, I'm not sure if he wants I'm one. I'm not sure if he wants one, yeah. Yeah, like he's not – he's on the older side for, for coach. So He's I 60, yeah. You know, like – I, I don't know what his, you know, his family situation. I don't pretend to know, but so imagine he's married. He's probably been in Chicago for a while. I'm assuming he likes Chicago. You know, they're building something. You know, listen. In theory, everything is the, you know, the next step up, next step up, next step up. Some people are happy doing what they do. Some people prefer to just be coordinators. You know, like some people are better suited to be coordinators. Um, I, I, I think that everybody should want the head coaching job, but I think some people should be realistic enough to know that 
you know what? That's probably not for me. It's probably not. I'm not best suited for that. Like Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips is a great coordinator. Not a head coach. Yeah. Not a good coach. Not a head coach. North Turner, too. Great coordinator. Not a head coach. You know, like, just not. It's just not who they are. They don't have in their personality. So I don't really know much about Fangio's personality. So I don't know if he's that kind of guy. But, you know. Uh, no, I hear you. Uh, worst coach. So we gave it to Hugh Jackson the midseason. Um, he got fired right before he made the pick. Um, I think it's definitely a notable one. I think Mike McCarthy is another name we can we can throw Mike out McCarthy there. Stinks. People like people think he's such a good coach. They don't realize how much of a difference it makes. Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, and Mike, Mike, Mike McCarthy and Mike Tomlin are the same person, but one's during the day and the other one's at night. <laughs> Literally, like I mean, they both benefit from having. I, I was actually thinking about it yesterday. Mike McCarthy has coached the, the Packers since, what, 05, 06? Yeah. I could think of literally only one year where you can make the argument that he didn't have the best quarterback in the division. And the year that it is, it's 2009 when the Vikings got the, his old quarterback. Because yeah. I would argue that, you know, Farms 09 was better than Rodgers. So, that, he, he's, had, he's been there for, what, 13 seasons? Whatever it is, I don't know what it is. But yeah. he's literally not had the best quarterback in the division for one of those seasons. And, like, for you to have the kind of success or lack thereof, I guess, uh, that he's had. Because, like, I, I look at them and I think to myself, like, okay. They went to the NFC Championship game in 2007. Okay, fine. You know, they're the two seed, So, they really had, they, you know. And they lost it at home, by the way. Um, to a, a quarterback who was not known to be good in cold weather. Um, 2010, they won the Super Bowl. They beat a pretty good Eagles team. Uh, they beat the Falcons in the second round in a game that, as a person who dabbles in uh, gambling, uh, I loved Green Bay that day. I literally put everything I had, which wasn't that much at the time. Um, I, I had everything I had on, on Green Bay that game. I loved them. And Aaron Rodgers just blew the doors off. And then they played the NFC Championship game in Chicago where Jay Cutler went down. They had to beat Caleb Haney in the second half. And then they played the Super Bowl against the Steelers defense that front seven was awesome, but secondary was super weak. So all they did was spread them out, and Aaron Rodgers just – just butchered them through the air. So, you know, that's how they won the championship. 2014, uh, you know, they beat a Cowboys team at home. Was it a catch? Was it not a catch? You know, whatever. It wasn't a catch. Sorry. Listen, it, sucks to me, but... it wasn't a catch. You know what you can do. Um, you know, uh, and then they lost because uh, his tight end doesn't know how to get out of the way. And then 2016, I feel like that, that was, you know, that was just Rodgers' brilliance. You know, like Rodgers beat the Giants. The Giants' defense, I was, you know, good for a half. Uh, it kind of fell apart because the receivers couldn't catch and they couldn't hold up on the rest of it. But, you know, he beat them and then he beat Dallas, who, you know, he just he beat Dallas late with his, you know, his magic. Like, it's not like, you know, him doing the the, the, the pirouette and then tossing the ball down the sideline 30 yards. Like, uh, Mike McCarthy didn't teach him how to do that. You know, like, that's that's just spectacular. You can't coach yeah. talent. And then they go to Atlanta and they get the doors blown off. You know, like, last few seasons they missed the playoffs. You know, I think Rodgers was banged up last year anyway, but whatever. Okay, fine. Like, this year – even this year, like, all right. So, I have Aaron, I have Aaron Jones, so, I, you know, whatever. I'm, maybe I'm biased this. How you can watch the first half of the season, I think that, like, Aaron Jones shouldn't be your lead back. When you, Like, he's literally averaging six yards a carry. Jamal Williams averages six feet a carry. And, like, you're trying to split that. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't understand. All the fans tell you this. All this tell you this. Even Aaron Rodgers saying it in, in, in like – you're saying, like, yeah, we need to get Aaron Jones the ball more because he's good at football. Like, your quarterback's saying it. The quarterback who, you know, like, you literally owe everything to is saying it. And you're sitting there, like, 
Like, oh no, we like what all three guys do. We, you know, we like that was back when they had time on Gami too. Like, we like what they provide. And it's like, yo, shut up. Like, this is what are you doing? You're supposed to play your best players. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Um, all right, so we have about two more minutes, uh, two more awards to give out. Best general manager, we had Ryan Pace in the midseason. Uh, yeah, I still go with that. Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, I mean, the guy. I no, took a team that had a, had a rookie quarterback over like what a four win team, five win team last year. Had a really yeah. had, had a really nice defense last year, not a spectacular one, but a really nice one. Uh, offense needed some help. He went out. He added some guys. You know, um, they got. Um, Nagy was a good hire as a coach. Nagy was a good hire as a coach. You know, he, they he took traded a, for Khalil Mack. Like, he took a big risk trade. A lot of people didn't like it. Abby didn't like it. Remember, he thought it was too much. Yeah. He said, you know, they're, they're not there and stuff like that. And listen, nothing often, you know. They got there. You know, and not, not only that, but, like, Trubisky's in a rookie deal. So, like, part of it is you want to – you, your best window to win is generally when they're not getting paid that much. Because yeah. once they start getting paid $30 million – you start allocating funds towards there. Although I'm not, I'm not going crazy over the whole top six highest paid quarterbacks are in the playoffs kind of nonsense. Like three of them weren't even supposed to be. We're going to get mad about it. Like, you know. But um, yeah. I mean, I, I thought Pace did a really good job this year. Listen, not for nothing. I look at their their, uh, their record. They're twelve and four. Like twelve and four is is not like it's not nine and seven. You know, like twelve and four yeah. is a lot of games that they won. That's it. And they were twelve and four in a division that people had them at best being the third best team. Yeah. You know, like, everybody had the Vikings one or two. Everybody else had Aaron Rodgers and the Packers being two. You know, like, so that's, you know, like, I, thought they, I, thought, I thought he did a good job. You know, he deserves a lot of credit for it. Uh, worst GM. So, we had a tie this, this time around. It was David Gettleman, John Gruden, and Jerry Jones. Um, I think it's John Gruden. Yo, uh, P- P- right, just so people know, Pino's a Cowboys fan. Yeah, and he, and he picked, picked Jerry, Jerry Jones. Jones, which I mean, I guess in some ways he's a big over year, but clearly that seems kind of silly now. Um, yeah, I mean, people like people hated the uh, the Mark Cooper trade. I didn't think it was that bad at the time. I didn't um, like it. I didn't think it was the worst trade of all time, but I, I didn't I didn't like it. And listen, not for but, no, and not for nothing, you know, he's had two what he had two like spectacular games. Yeah, he's done a lot of nothing other than that. Like, like here's my thing. Let's say they lose this week, right? And he had, kind of has like a dud kind of game. Would you be, you know, would you be knocking at his door to pay him fourteen million dollars a year? Probably not. He really didn't. His you know? game didn't change when he went to Dallas, but he was more effective because he had. And more, uh, I mean, more. He became. Quarterback he, he became yeah, yeah, he became more of a focal point on offense too and stuff. Like I, I definitely feel like John Gruden wasn't really interested in making him a, uh, you know, a big focal point of it either. So I, I don't think that helped either. But anyway, Gruden Gruden traded Cooper. He traded Khalil Mack. He signed any veteran he could find who's over the age of thirty and gave him whatever contract he wanted to give him. AARP club. He beefed with Derek Carr. He beefed with uh, everyone and everything. I mean, he he threw Reggie McKenzie out, who was a GM of the year. Follow McKenzie. And people want to apologize and say that he didn't really do that bullshit. He absolutely did this. Who do you think oh, has yeah. the show there? Yeah, the guy who got paid hundred million dollars guaranteed to the. GM who's slowly losing his, his save in the room. Yeah, probably. Uh, all right, well, guys, that's our podcast. Uh, Nick, thanks for being here again. Anytime. And hopefully, we don't wait a few more months next time. We'll try and get this. Uh, nah, no, 2019 is the year of the uh, Brooklyn Beat podcast. It is, it is. All right. all right, guys, thanks for listening. Happy New Year, guys. You too.